On average, within 48 hours, they have them hooked and they have them in a hotel having sex with numerous men a night. If you're abused, don't be afraid to acknowledge it and don't be afraid to report it. Inside the deeply troubling and destructive world of underage girls lured into sex trafficking, the latest to go viral girls, women, and men in the tell-all docuseries Surviving R. Kelly, where young victims of the rich and powerful R&B singer speak out. To our own neighborhoods, where confirmed sex trafficking is the subject of a just-released Canadian government report sounding the alarm for safety. Light can overcome darkness, protecting our exploited daughters, today on Context. I'm Lorna Duick. I'm Sheldon Neal. And I'm Molly Thomas. And this is Context. A scathing documentary resurfaces allegations of sexual abuse at the hands of R&B singer R. Kelly. A documentary so powerful, it asks, is the singer's fame allowing him to allegedly abuse minors? The most vulnerable among us are our children. Sex traffickers in Canada prey on their vulnerability, targeting young girls online and even in their schools. A detective from Toronto Sex Crime Unit details how grim the situation is for girls who are preyed upon in Canada. Young women wanting to escape the chains of sex trafficking are constantly in danger. We hear from the director of a Canadian safe house who offers trafficked girls and women the security they need for a new start. Sounding the alarm this week on vulnerable girls is pop culture and celebrity outrage. To Molly and Sheldon now with why some of the public have finally had enough of R. Kelly. We've probably seen, I know Molly would join me on this, we've seen a lot of popular artists, Celine Dion, Lady Gaga. Yeah, Chance um, the Rapper. That's right. Mm -hmm. Among many, you know, really saying no to R. Kelly right now, distancing themselves from collaborations, especially after, you know, this documentary aired. And I want to take you to the screens. For those who really don't know much about who R. Kelly is, he is one of the world's most famous R&B singers. They call him actually the king of R&B. Yeah, I believe I can fly. Big it's song. three Grammys. Like, it's it's yeah. huge. Everybody knows this man. He is by no means a new artist and you know uh, you talked about I believe I can fly many top bill uh, top billboard charting hits uh, one of the many male solo artists really leading this charge but when word of this came I mean people just said no we've had enough uh, word of his new album actually that was set to come and come out at the beginning of this year his own um, really uh, his own label RCA say we're gonna suspend all this and shut this thing down yeah it's all part of the mute R Kelly hashtag you're probably seeing around the world so basically his professional life has been quite successful That's but his correct. personal life has been dogged with controversy so in 1994 we'll take you to the screens Kelly reportedly was secretly wed to Aaliyah uh, his 15 year old protege at the time uh, the illegal marriage was actually annulled shortly thereafter That's right. then we go on to 2008 uh, Kelly was accused of 21 counts of making child pornography now the trial took actually six years and prosecutors could not prove that the girl on that tape was a minor. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And there's even more you're sharing with us as well. Yeah, in 2017, a BuzzFeed article alleged that R. Kelly was holding a group of women in a sex cult against their will, so that brought even more conversation to the, to the table. And then this year, the BBC released 
this documentary that you're looking at where an ex-girlfriend explained how Kelly really grooms young girls. So this is not uh, a new conversation. Of course, this latest docu-series is women, uh, former tour managers, uh, famous uh, singers like John Legend That's contributing correct. their voices to this saying, hey, we need to listen up, we need to listen up now. And I think what's interesting we talk about is the idea of mute R. Kelly too soft. And really that's really a throwback to because he has such a hold on a lot of people have listened to over the years. I'll take you quickly to the screens. This is some of the response that's actually been on Twitter. Someone saying mute R. Kelly, 53 songs written or sung by R. Kelly to add to the list. You can't read all the names there, but just take a look at that. Uh, we're seeing hits from the 90s, 2000s, up into recent years. And we're just trying to say, listen, this maybe has to come to a close on this. And we took to the streets actually um, to really get an idea of what people are saying in regards to this. Maybe we could just throw to that really quickly. It's sad, really. Well, I think it's disgusting, to be honest. And I think like Gaga, because she collaborated with him on a song and she removed it from social media and from YouTube and stuff. So I think for her to kind of make that powerful sort of statement and to, to do that and to take action in that way um, is like pretty, pretty cool. No shock here. Eric Kelly is like a known uh, sexual offender. And Kelly, for the record, has never been convicted and still denies any wrongdoing. Right. It is alleged, though, that he was sexually abused himself as a child. And we have That's to remember right. there are other people, Sheldon, of That's course, right. that have been accused in the past. Oh, Mike Jackson. Yeah, 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 yeah some really yeah. big stars. So this is, uh, in some ways, can be a pop culture issue. And it's quite interesting. You talk about that culture. I feel like our culture really buys into this stuff. It's a unique place for R. Kelly to try to find healing from a culture that's one incredibly over-sexualized mm -hmm. and then demanding that same sexualization from the artist. What a place and an environment. Very toxic yeah. for uh, someone to try to find internal healing. Yeah, there were so many years after these first accusations where his hits got even bigger. Bigger. And they were <laughs> exactly. all around sexual activity. Lots of young women in those videos. That's so. Correct. Just an interesting thing to keep in mind. Um, the Mute R. Kelly yeah. movement, you know about that. Maybe yes, you want to jump course. into that. Yeah. <laughs> so the Mute R. Kelly movement, um, Spotify, Google Play got on board with this. They've completely banned his songs now. So that's mm -hmm. a huge move by the music industry. Huge. And wow, Sheldon, people are talking about this online. That's right. Even on our own Facebook context page, I want to bring this up full screen for you from Helena. Now, and this is quite an interesting thing she's saying. She says, you know, she might not be feeling all the items we choose to feature here. And, you know, that's always touch and go. But here's the big thing I want to bring to a light here. Surely there are more important issues in Canada that affect more people. And perhaps it should be kept Canadian. But here's what I want to say, and we can come out of that on full screen. The beautiful thing about this that I really want Canadians to know is that, listen, this is happening in our own backyard. We're talking theme parks, schools down the street from you. This is not a U.S. issue or across the pond issue. No, this is in our very own Canadian culture. So we need to ensure this is talked about, covered, and we reach a place of healing and beyond all solutions. Let's bring in Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. She's a licensed psychologist who started Therapy for Black Girls, an online space to encourage the mental wellness of black women and girls. Dr. Joy, great to have you with us. Hi. Dr. Joy, what went through your mind uh, as you watched this R. Kelly docuseries? I think, you know, like lots of people, I was familiar with the story, but I was not aware of the levels and the depths of um, everything going on, all of the people that it seems like have been involved in kind of continuing this system of abuse and assault. Um, so I was really shocked by lots of the, the information that was shared in the docuseries. Doctor, do you think that these R. Kelly accusations are, are emblematic of a wider issue at play, especially as you're, you're talking to clients, you're talking to people that have gone through similar uh, scenarios? 
Yeah, I definitely do think so. I mean, I think one part that was really highlighted for me in the docuseries was the idea of how perpetrators will groom their victims. And you saw that shared a lot. And I think that that happens far more often than people want to talk about and far more often than people are even aware of. So I think that that was a very important part of the conversation that was brought out. Mm. You know, we we often hear the term at-risk girls, doctor. What does that look like in the United States? Can we put... Can we put a race factor on that or is that unfair? Yeah, I don't know that um, there's a risk factor. I mean, because I think some of that feeds into the idea that a victim only looks one kind of way. Um, But I do think that there are some factors that came into play here. Um, You know, so black and brown girls were targeted. um, And, you know, you saw that a lot in the docuseries that talked about that's a part of the reason why this has been able to continue to go on is because historically, um, black and brown girls have not been believed or they have thought to have contributed in some way um, to them being assaulted. So you hear this term, fast girls, um, so that they were wearing shorts that were too short or they were leading him on or some in some way, or that they can somehow put themselves in a situation to be targeted. Um, and so, of course, I think even in the docuseries, you heard from the juror who talked about, I just didn't like the girls, I didn't believe them, you know, the way they dressed. Um, So all of that, I think, really kind of pointed to some of the factors that have allowed this to continue to be an issue in ways that I don't think we would see if these were not black and brown girls. So then, Doctor, how do we hear these girls? How do we value these girls differently moving forward, uh, hopefully learning from this situation? Yeah, I think what's really important is to make sure that we are believing young women when they are coming forward with their with their stories about these kinds of things happening. I also think it's really important that we not just pay attention to R. Kelly, but to all of the other people in our communities. You know, you will hear like, oh, don't leave your kid alone with uncle so-and-so, right? Um, and so I think it's important for us to not just focus on him, but also to look at the people in our communities who may be also perpetrating violence. Let me ask you about pop culture. It's it's a it's a difficult thing when there's so much bombarding us with media, uh, especially young people. You know, we're around social media all the time. What do you say? I mean, to people that are uh, trying to find, I guess, their identity and value in the midst of all of that, and, and there's predators literally lurking for vulnerable victims. Yeah. I do think it's really important to be mindful of how you are interacting in your relationship with social media. I think it's an incredible tool. You know, I have met friends and colleagues across the world through social media, and I think lots of other people have made very good connections. But I do think, like you mentioned, it's also a hotbed for people who are wanting to prey on people who may not necessarily be paying attention. So I think it's just always a good idea to kind of keep your wits about yourselves and make sure that you, you know, have a good idea of who you're talking with, especially if we're talking about minors, that parents and guardians need to make sure that they have an idea of what's going on with their kids in terms of how they're using their technology. Yeah, it's going to take a village really to protect protect young girls. Uh, Dr. Joy, great to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm, thank you, Molly. Powerful stuff. Well, here in Canada, a special House of Commons standing committee has been traveling the country hearing stories of human trafficking survivors. Since 2002, Canada has enacted several provisions to combat and prevent human trafficking. In Toronto, there is a designated sex crimes human trafficking unit that works 24-7 to try and protect young girls from predators. And Sheldon Neal now with that reality in our own backyard. 
How prevalent is human trafficking in Toronto? We've had over a thousand occurrences in just four years, from 2014 to 2018. So the problem here is very prevalent and it goes right across Canada. Give us a sense from how long it takes for the victim to really become involved in the sex trade business with the trafficker. People think that that grooming process takes months on end. On average, 48 hours, they're in the sex trade. That's how limited the time is. Within 48 hours, they have them hooked and they have them in a hotel having sex with numerous men a night. These girls, they range from the age 14 to 19, 20. Uh, the recruiting age for them are usually between 14 and 17. We've had victims as young as 12, 13 here. Uh, they come from every demographic. Uh, it doesn't, this doesn't discriminate, right? Uh, they come from marginalized communities. They come from uh, parents who are very wealthy, middle class, so it doesn't discriminate that way. Uh, but what they do have, almost every single one of them, is a vulnerability. They're looking for something. They're looking for some love. They're looking for some attention. And that's where they get hooked, right? Because you know kids these days, and I have a 16-year-old, they, they like that attention, especially social media. They tell everybody their whole story. So there'll be one day where a girl might say, you know, I don't feel very good about myself today, or I feel ugly today. And these guys, they troll the internet, right? And they, they look at the, what's being said and they say, well, you know what? You look beautiful. You look fine. I wish you were my girl. And that's the hook. The hook is somebody's paying attention to me. Now they've got that hook and they start exchanging information. They go and see each other, have a coffee. And then the pimp will start buying gifts for the, uh, the girl. Start paying more attention paying more attention and then they say well if you want to be with me you got to do this for me and usually it starts out with you know have sex with one guy then eh, have sex with two or three guys uh, and then all of a sudden now they're forced to have sex with 15 to 20 guys what kind of prevention efforts or systems are in place to handle this we have a great relationship with the hospitality industry. Uh, we do conferences and we train uh, hospitality staff uh, in order to let them know what to look for so that they can call the police and tell us there's a problem. There might be human trafficking going on. Uh, we have an initiative called Project Protect with the banks where we have trained their investigators to look for certain signs of human trafficking. We're seeing that they're being picked up at malls, social media, these dating apps, bars, nightclubs, these theme parks, you know, like Wonderland. A very big emerging trend in Toronto is that they're recruiting right out of the middle schools and high schools. And they'll get other girls to go and recruit for them. Really comes down to one thing, education. If we can educate everybody, the mothers, the fathers, everyone in the community, to let them know what the characteristics are, then at that point, they can do something. They can intervene. They can call the police. We can't arrest ourselves out of this problem. It's, it's almost impossible. We need the help of the public. We need the help of the community. We need the help of all these industries. We can't just live in our own little silos. We have to come together in a partnership to make sure that we all help the most vulnerable, and that's our children.
Thanks, Sheldon. Yes, it is our children who are the most vulnerable among us, and we are the ones responsible for protecting them. Did you know that sex trafficking is the most prevalent form of trafficking in the world? The United Nations latest report says it vastly outnumbers trafficking of forced labor, begging or debt repayment. Now, globally, the majority of sex trafficking victims are women and children. Here in Canada, police reported data says there was 865 victims of human trafficking between the years of 2009 and 2016. Of those cases, 58% involved prostitution. Again, the vast majority of these victims are women as well. Almost three quarters of them under the age of 25, another 27% under the age of 18. Still ahead, saving women from sex trafficking in pimps. How a safe house in an undisclosed location helps women transition out of the sex trade. Plus, education is the key to helping vulnerable, at-risk girls. But are the warning signs getting through to girls online and their families? Castle is the first video streaming service that's been created to serve you. With high-quality, faith-based media for all ages and a live 24-7 prayer chat. Castle features Christian TV shows, documentaries, teaching series, and kids' content. Start your free 30-day trial of Castle and discover this quality Christian resource made for your entertainment and your spiritual growth. Sign up now at IntoTheCastle.com. When we looked at the demographics on sex trafficking, Indigenous women are clearly the most at-risk group in Canada. The former chief at the Elsie Booktook First Nation in New Brunswick is Susan Levi-Peters. She joins me now. Susan, you're sounding the alarm on this. Tell us what you see happening with human trafficking at uh, Elsie Booktook First Nations. Well, um, we have a lot of, uh, not a lot, but some women, young girls that are, uh, that are, that are selling uh, their bodies for either drugs or, or to maintain themselves. Uh, in fact, recently we just had a young girl that spoke out um, uh, again, uh, because her, her sister uh, committed suicide. Uh, and she uh, she was blaming the the men that were uh, selling her or, or threatening her. So um, that's when I I uh, I also uh, spoke out because I seen her story on Facebook and and I'm a survivor of of rape myself uh, living in the community. Um, so uh, when she spoke out, I I I knew it was time for me to uh, to speak out also. But trafficking is, um, it, it, you know, people are moved to a different place. They they're completely lose all freedom. Why are Native women on your reserve and across Canada being targeted? Uh, I believe a lot of it has to do with poverty and uh, lack of housing. Um, because and, and it's corruption. In my community, uh, we, we have a lot of corruption. So corruption causes poverty. Poverty causes crime, and a lot of times these young women uh, they don't they don't know where to turn to, and uh, our social um, assistance uh, welfare rate hasn't gone up for for over 30 years now. So they're living with rates that are 
30 years back. And so it, it, it's hard. Um, and then when you have like 80% unemployment rate and so they don't, you don't know where to turn to. And they do, they, I had a one mother, uh, contact me, um, and I sent her to the RCMPs, uh, for her daughter to get help. And, uh, uh, she, she didn't get anything. And I go to the RCMP. I even go to my chief and counsel now uh, after the last suicide. And I told them, like, you know, it has to stop because what's happening is internally it's happening. And then we have even non-natives coming into the community. Um, so it's, Susan, just to clarify, is this happening on both levels? This is happening uh, first peoples to first peoples and now non-natives coming in? Yes, unfortunately, yes. And pov poverty relief is making many girls too desperate. They're not recognizing the danger of what they're saying yes to in a traffic proposition. Yes, yeah. Oh. And a lot of, or, or just to survive. And, you know, so it's, uh, and, and when, like, residential school, uh, the, the abuse that happened at a residential schools is, is now, um, passed down like we were not taught how to parent or or the abuse so now uh, the sexual abuse is 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 probably high i know back um in the early 1990s uh we had seven suicides in a row and we had an inquest done uh and back then it came back out that uh all the suicide um uh people were uh, victims of sexual abuse all right so, Susan, we're going to leave it at that right now, and um, and thank you. And I'm glad you've uh, you're, you're writing a book, uh, standing yes. up, which will yes. be out shortly. And uh, thank you. We'll stay in touch with you on this. Thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you very much. Next week on Context, a surprise. We are going to bring you my new book. I've uh, recently finished writing with Dr. Nell DeBoer for your health. And it works for us next week on Context in a powerful way because we will be looking at the increasing pressure to change Canada's laws around assisted dying. So it is my hope that For Your Health helps engage our fascination with how do we stay healthy, what do we do when we aren't healthy, and is there such a thing as miraculous healings? You won't want to miss next week on Context for your health. A lot of the time, traffickers will kind of woo people into this situation by filling a need that they have or a desire that they have. And a lot of the time, they may shower them with gifts, love, attention, um, which again, what I said, like it's kind of a term called boyfriending. They come to her beaten, bruised, and broken down, a life they barely escaped not all do get out or stay out of the game. Maggie Barato and her front row seat to Trafficked Women next. Castle is the first video streaming service that's been created to serve you with high quality faith-based media for all ages and a live 24 seven prayer chat. Castle features Christian TV shows, documentaries, teaching series and kids content. Start your free 30-day trial of Castle and discover this quality Christian resource made for your entertainment and your spiritual growth. Sign up now at IntoTheCastle.com.
Where can women go to escape the holds of their sex traffickers? Maggie Barato is on the front line of that question. She runs a safe house in an undisclosed location in rural Ontario. She joins me now. Maggie, 18 admissions this last season alone. What condition do girls and women arrive in? women who arrive at our safe house are in crisis. And when I say crisis, it's, they're not just having a bad day, they're fighting for their life. Uh, if I think back on different admissions, some of the ladies had to be assisted to even walk into our facility. Uh, some of them have come with um, untreated medical conditions. Some have come with pelvic trauma, untreated STDs. They come with no ID. Some of them come with no clothes, just a clothes on their back. So it, yeah. We have been shocked mm -hmm. uh, today, and you actually are able to see the start of recovery. Mm -hmm. So tell us what makes it possible to recover. Yeah, there's so many components to it because we try to look at the woman at, and, and, and approach each woman individually. We have up to five women at a time, and that way we can really individualize the care. And so we're looking at the emotional trauma they, they're dealing with. We look at the drug addiction or the physical problems. So we have a medical clinic right at our house. We have a, a medical doctor that, that works with us right at the Transformation House. We have um, uh, psychotherapists that we work with, and we have uh, equine therapy on the property. We have horses. Tell me about that because the mm -hmm. healing touch of animals, yeah. something goes on. What? Yeah. Tell me about that. A lot of the women are drawn to the animals, especially the horses, and we have rescued horses, so some of them have been abused and mistreated, and a lot of the women can identify with the horses. And so, interesting, I had a conversation now uh, with one of the residents, and they feel so much compassion for the horses. And their question is, how could anybody hurt such a beautiful creature? And so a lot of these women, their healing journey is to take that same compassion that they feel for the horses and apply it to themselves. How could anybody hurt such a beautiful person? So, you feel deeply yeah. inspired by God mm -hmm. to do this. Why? Yeah. Why is this a Christian undertaking for you? I feel like a the Beauty for Ashes Transformation House has been founded on the compassion of Jesus Christ. It is compassion. It's the love of God. It's the most powerful force. It's what motivates all of our team. We're faith-based, and God is woven through the center of all our programming. And the message is, you were meant to be here. God designed and created you for a purpose, and you are worth it. And you're not meant to be destroyed and That's thrown right. away, which is yeah. what the trafficking system does. Yeah. If yeah. people need help, how do they find you? They can find us on online, on our website, our Facebook site, um, or they can call one of our uh, headquarters at our healing center in Arthur. Okay, all right. So. Okay, thank you so much for joining me today, Maggie. And we're gonna be right back with my wrap. Nobody wants vulnerable women and children to be trafficked, so we focus on the common ground. If we're going to see an end to this and we're going to find um, referrals and services for victims, we have to focus on coordinating those services. Our own listening ears and eyes are part of ending human trafficking in Canada. Two big vulnerabilities that open girls up to trafficking are this. They feel unheard and unnoticed. Unheard, I actually don't have enough to live on. Unnoticed, 
I feel so ugly. Into both those needs, traffickers listen on a girl's social media, at school, at the mall. They listen to girls and validate the vulnerable person's feelings. And then they move in with generosity and they build trust. If human traffickers can engage unheard and unnoticed vulnerable girls, how about us? That's the kind of Canada we want to build. All the guests and resources on our program this week are posted on the Context website. Get involved in a better tomorrow. For all of us, I'm Lorna Duick. Join us again next week.